Frank Forza, Life Jitsu, Art of Life. I'm very excited today. I have a very good guest, Cindy Mahalani Sellers. That's Hawaiian. If you're non-Hawaiian out there, there's a good chance you are. Although we're in Las Vegas right now recording this, and Las Vegas is the ninth island. A lot of Hawaiians here. Cindy is in town, Cindy Sellers, for a conference, and I just stumbled upon her. She is a wealth of knowledge about wellness, health, healing, nutrition. It's hard to just put one title on her, but I would say that she has sort of a light and an effervescence about her, and you you trust her when you, as soon as you meet her, if you are an intuitive person, I think you're inclined to trust her. I've always said to people, and I was just telling Cindy before we started recording, that I have a research background, I have a journalist background, and it can be tough to referee the nutrition space. You have this study says one thing, another study says another thing, next week the doctors and scientists come out and say something altogether different, and a lot of people out there just throw their hands up in the air. And so what I've always said is I don't, I foremost am not concerned if you went to Harvard or Oxford or what your medical degree in is in, you know, if you work for the government or whatever, fancy titles, I am most foremost concerned with what I perceive to be the honesty, the integrity, the love, the light I see in someone. Can I trust what this person saying? What are their intentions? Where are they coming from? That's where Cindy Sellers, that was the sell for me. I just saw that. And then uh, she has a book, her first book. She's working on her second. Her first book is You Don't Have to Hurt Anymore, The Enlightened Way to Health. And it is wide ranging. I mean, it is just, there is a lot of stuff in there. Uh, I'm sure that mainstream docs and researchers would say, hey, it's quackery, but if you have an open mind and you go deep down the rabbit holes of enlightenment, nutrition, etc., as I do, then you open yourself up to, hey, maybe this person is doing something that maybe she's on to something, right? And so uh, without further ado, Cindy, it is a pleasure. I'm excited. There's a lot of questions and we got to move through a lot of stuff, so I'm excited to have you here. Thank you so much for, for making time. Thank you. Because you're on to what tomorrow? You're on to what, Houston? Yep. And, okay, and so you got to, you, you've, you've traveled a lot. You've been doing this 28 years yes. as a healer, and I was asking you, tell us about your path to healer, because we were saying this earlier, where a lot of people out there, they have... Um, you know, you hear them, they're in the health and happiness space, and they'll tell you that, you know, they, they had cancer, and that was the shift for them, and that's how they got into healing business and leadership, etc. And for you, it was different. You maybe didn't have, you didn't have some severe sickness or somebody you loved who was, was dying. What is it that, that pushed you in this direction toward being a healer? So, you know, life sets us up from the moment we're born until, until we do awaken, little pieces, little seeds that some sometime will come along and come to fruition. And my big trauma that brought me to my intention was in 83, we were in a car wreck with my husband driving and I was three months pregnant and my little, my little daughter was 14 months old in the back seat of the car in Idaho is when this happened. And so we were in a car wreck in which my back actually bent in the middle in the wreck. 
And so uh, the only thing that the doctors told me they could do for me was to break my back and put two titanium pins in it. And I said, I cannot let you break my back when it's just, just bent. It's not going to happen. And so I refused. And then one of them gave me a painkiller one day, <laughs> and I took it, and I missed the whole day. And I, I was like, uh-oh, I had young children, and what am I going to do? I can't do this either. So it set me on a, a journey of learning about herbs to support myself and homeopathic remedies and Chinese medicine and I learned iridology and nutrition and different things just whatever I could do as I as like many grasping at straws to do what we can to help ourselves and then in 89 I was laying on my living room floor in a neck brace and I got really pissed so off your neck at God. your neck from that crash that your neck yeah, and, be, and spine continued yeah, to yeah everything just was getting worse and worse right and so um, and I was laying on my living room floor and I got so mad at God wow it's not supposed to be like this how am I going to take care of my kids and my family and then and then and I said I have to have a miracle here or I've got to go out in the desert and give it up because I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And this started in southern Utah, by the way. Mm -hmm. And so I laid there, and I just was really quiet. And then I had a vision, and I was like, oh, I have to do that? Okay, I'll do anything. And so I started a cleanse the next day. And sure enough, ten Colon cleanse? Yep, colon cleanse. And sure enough, 10 days later, my back was straight, and I was done. And I've been doing this now for 28 years and have it over 68 hundred people come and do the program all word of mouth and it's a it's amazing and and I've been doing it for about a year or so and and kind of on the fence thinking that like you said earlier I think I'm here for bigger things and I don't know if this is big enough and so as I'm questioning it I had one of my Native American teachers come over and he to my house and I didn't even know he knew where I lived and I said and he said Cindy spirit just kicked my butt to get over here what do you do what what's going on with you and my first thought was how does spirit kick your butt but now I know that mm -hmm. and um and I said well you know, I'm, I'm seeing miracles doing this really amazing process, but I think I'm here for bigger things. So I'm, I, I think I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm going to be doing something else. And he said, he said, what's your intention? And I told him, and he said, the reason why all this is coming to you is because your intention is true. And he said, well, you have to understand that hoping knowing is when one person comes to consciousness, meaning they remember who they are and they walk in that, they take 144,000 others with them. And so you have to understand that it, it's big enough. And it was. It settled me right into the work. I might not have been doing this and there would have been thousands and thousands and thousands of people that wouldn't have had a miracle. <laughs> so Now, you, you, I perceive you to be a very happy person. I've been sat down with a lot of people, interviewed thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I think your happiness is genuine. It's coming from a good place. Were you always a happy person or did, did happy come easy? Or is that something that being in the healing realm has, has built for you? I think that there's a part of me that's always had an inner an inner stillness or an inner quietness that I knew I could tap into saved me from my my growing up years too in many ways um, but you know happiness is not always the easy the easy thing but it is the practice and it is the, the you're, you're mindful of trying to be happy yeah, happy is important to you yeah but since I since I you know did my awakening and my and and, and rose to my goddess consciousness you know happiness is not even a it's not even 
a work anymore. Mm-hmm. It just is. It's like, why would I not be? Because I have an opportunity to sit so here in front of you. You're not sitting there doing mantras or no. or, or or chanting all day and no. I wake up in the morning happy, 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 happy. Oh no, no. But that was my granddaughter's first word. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what I do is I wake up in the morning and I have a prayer that says, "Thank you, thank you, Creator, for another day to love." And I don't know if I'm not going to have tomorrow. I use an example a lot of a young man in Hilo who was 30 years old dancing trance dance a couple of years ago downtown Hilo. Mm -hmm. And he dropped dead right on the dance floor. And my question always is, did he know if he didn't have tomorrow? I don't think so. Was, uh, Was he happy at that moment? I believe he was. You know, but the point is, do we know if we don't have tomorrow? No, we don't. But do we have this day to love? Oh, yes, we do. And we better rock it because, you know, and then try to outlove yourself the next day, you know. And, and, and it brings a state of bliss with you anyway. You know, Krishna, as a spiritual teacher on the planet as well, he, he in, reached enlightenment through joy, you know. He was so happy. This is the Buddha, right? That, no, the Buddha, is a, it, he oh. reached enlightenment through compassion, Right, and so they each have these great methods of of way that they reach their their state of bliss or their state of love and consciousness. But you know, Krishna would walk around with lions and tigers, and they would melt in front of him because he was so joyful, and he would sing and dance, and and um, and had no fear anywhere. And so joy was his state of being. And and again, we want to be able to borrow those moccasins of those great master teachers and say, how can I do that? And when I first woke up, and I and I didn't have people around me that were even in my family, mm-hmm. and many people called me crazy, Cindy, why are you talking about this love all the time? Like, what else do you want me to talk about? I'm not going to talk about anything else. I'm done with that old language. I'm done. And so if you don't want to talk about that, go talk to somebody else. That's okay by me. It doesn't, it doesn't It's matter. interesting because even in your book, which I had pleasure to read maybe 10 or 12, 13 pages, it is You Don't Have to Hurt Anymore by Cindy Mahalani Sellers. And uh, I tell you what, the, the first 12 pages had me hooked. I will order the book. Uh, what is it? Angelfarms.com? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to plug it because it, 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 it is a very interesting book. It has a very unique and distinctive voice. Cindy has a very interesting story, too, about the editing of the book and everything. And <laughs> Because if you know anything about the publishing business, uh, when, you know, when you write a book yourself and then you turn it over to editors, editors have a way of hacking it to death and just stripping it of your voice and your intention. And so anyway, Cindy had, had went through that, and that was an interesting story. But let's go back to, to, to God, because you do, you mentioned God early on in this, and you're not coming from, a, from a, 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 a stereotypical religious place. You say God is love, and, and so love is the, is the religion. You're not associated with any form of religion, but yet God is central to the equation. And more and more people nowadays are squeamish, which is mm-hmm. why I want to talk about it. So I was a <laughs> philosophy major at the University of Maryland. We talk a lot about God, and everybody should at least ask that question. We should be able to have the, have the conversation without being at each other's throats. But so you and I are here. People are squeamish about it a lot of times now and, and, and quiet about it. But you're saying, hey, that's central to your worldview, and you feel like that empowers you, that helps your healing. If God wasn't in the equation, are you able to do what you do? If you take God out of the equation, why? Why not? Well, because God is love. And if you take love out of the equation, all you have is, what? Not love. All you have is disease and pain and struggle and manipulation and control and, and all those things that not only hurt our organs, but they help us out so that when we die, what do we do? We return to love. We return to God. 
And so we might as well do it while we're embodied because we embody in these physical forms for a reason. We embody because we love the way life tastes, because of the sensual experience of the smells of the flowers and the way we look at each other and it's beautiful and the sounds of the birds and the, and the breezes and the leaves and the, and the, you know, like in the ocean or whatever. We have this beauty of, of, of life and, and the richness. And, and it isn't necessarily just about us. It's about God, the, the, the infinite source of all that is, the creator, the source, the, the goddess, whatever you want to call it, that is witness or seeing everything that we are that's, that without getting in our way of our freedom of choice, but, but wants us to love and encourages us to love more so that we can have a more rich life experience. Now, for those people out there, some of you, again, this is Frank Forza, Life Jitsu, Art of Life, here with Cindy Sellers. And if you don't know who she is, I think I think she's a fascinating person, and I'm sure that a lot of people who are just, uh, if you're the kind of person who just believes every scientific study or anything you read, you probably would be very dismissive of a Cindy Sellers in general. But if you if you are open-minded, and if you really do feel like, hey, you know, there there are healers out there, there are miracles that do happen, mm -hmm. and if you put any stock in, hey love and light in somebody's eyes matters like you know something is going on when people can sincerely shine walk in the room change the room for the better come sincerely just just shining with positivity and 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 a glow and light you got to it's worth paying attention to hey what is behind that how did you do that and as i you know just browse a little bit through the book and i saw some of your other literature and i listened to you and i talked a little bit yesterday but it's fascinating because you as a healer, you come from, so, it's so comprehensive, your approach. People can quibble over whether or not it's correct or not, and, they, and you know, people can, can order the book and, and judge for themselves. But one thing that's fascinating is it's so comprehensive because you're attacking it on so many levels. Mm -hmm. God, love, light, nutrition, the organs, the organs function of this. I asked you yesterday, what do you consider that the primary cause of heart disease? I have said before, if you listen to Life Jitsu, it's sugar. It's sugar <laughs> going through the circulation system. Sugar, sugar, sugar. We're all sugar addicts. My friend Cindy has a different response. Cindy, in your mind, the primary cause of heart disease, heart attacks, atherosclerosis is... Grief. And what do we get grief from? those who we have loved who have crossed over and died and it's the things unsaid do they know how much i love them do they know what what they meant to me do they know how much i miss them and 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 it creates the heart to have this inability to really do what its function of moving 2000 gallons of blood for you every day at 48 miles per hour which i like to say is faster than any horse can run through 60,000 miles of circulation and that's enough to go around the earth more than twice in your beautiful body right and so and and when when i like to you know on the third day of the cleanse we get into this because mm -hmm. heart disease can't leave angel farms the it's colon just cleanses. yeah through the cleanse yeah, yeah. and so it, it can't leave angel farms and we have you know uh, my heart disease. So you're saying, hey, heart disease begins and ends in angel farms bye -bye. in Hawaii. Bye bye. Yeah. We, yeah. We, 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 well, it didn't begin there. They, yeah. they created it because of their, like, oh, I miss my mom. I miss my partner. I miss my. And, and so I like to, here's how I, I walk people through that. As I, as I ask them, do you, do you understand that we're eternal beings? And the answer is, yeah, I understand. 
And so you understand that really we don't die, we just change form. Deepak Chopra calls death when you've imagined yourself into another space and time. I love that. <laughs> and, and so I tell them to call the loved one up into your mind's eye and take a few moments and tell them everything in your heart. Empty it out. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them what you, what you missed or, or that you didn't get to see them because you were late for their passing or, or whatever the reason might be. And then quietly ask them, what is it that you really want from me right now, your loved one in this moment? And everybody doesn't matter what language or what religion or where they're from, gets the same answer from their loved ones. Everybody gets the same answer, and, and that is to be happy. And so if we can be happy that we were sharing that love and sharing that life with another and not be sad that they're gone, but knowing that we'll see them another day and knowing that we do continue on, you know, just maybe without the body, but we're still forever beings. And so, and so you know, that's the end of heart disease. I actually had a lady, Shirley, who who uh, called me up one day and she said, "You don't know me, but my name's Shirley, and I'm from California, and I and I just got back from my doctor, and I don't have heart disease anymore." And I said, "Shirley, I'm so happy for you. What you do?" And she said, "I read your book." And I said, "Oh, so chapter three worked for you, huh?" And she said, "Yes." And I said, "Shirley, who died?" And she said, it was my husband. And she said, and when I was reading that, I could feel his warm breath on my shoulder. Tell me, Cheryl, I've been trying to tell you this. I just want you to be happy. Share your happiness that we shared together with everybody you see, but be happy, okay? And immediately she could breathe better. And the next morning she got up and she took her medicine and she got very dizzy from it. And so she immediately stopped taking it and made an appointment with her cardiologist and went in and ran her through the whole gamut of tests and said, I do not know how to tell you this, but you do not have heart disease anymore. And that's how fast it can correct. When we understand what the organs are really getting our attention about and we're able to go, wow, I can change this, then the organs no longer have to be our teacher and are self-correcting. They can do it if we just give them the right opportunity. But you know how many people grieve? And sometimes people think it's an honorable thing to grieve over someone who's died instead of inst and, and die of it and, and, and join them in death because... They think it's a dishonor not to grieve. That's ridiculous. Your loved ones don't want you to grieve. And not only that, but they don't need their body anymore. It's already turned back into the earth where it came from in the first place because it's just a temporary loan from the Mother Earth, right? <laughs> now, it's interesting, though. So you feel that the primary cause of heart disease grief. Now, by the way, uh, everybody out there listening, it is well documented. If you think that this is a far-fetched theory, it is well documented that the stress and you know the whatever whether it be from someone's job whether it be from personal relations whether it be from someone who died uh whatever that that is right people die of a broken mm -hmm. heart right so mm -hmm. yes there is some usually we see people with disease right disease they're dis-ease they are carrying something so there is uh, i guess most people would agree that that is that is that is a big part of the equation. Right. I guess some people might say, oh, no, it's it's fat or it's this or it's that. But but let's go to, um, because you have, you know, you talk about hydration as well. Mm -hmm. And um, you see, I guess, a lot of people, and, and I've heard that, you know, from guys like Dr. Zach Bush, hey, almost everybody is underhydrated. Some of them are, are walk, walk around dehydrated. Most people that are sick or diseased are dehydrated. Right, so Crazy. you you see that, and so tell us your views on hydration, and 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 you know, and and why you teach that. 
So, you know, I did so much research on this. It's crazy. And what I found is studies have shown that 75% of the world population is chronically dehydrated. That's huge, right? And, um, and I've also had a lot of people through the 28 years of my experience come through with, with losing their memory, Alzheimer's completely, uh, senilities, all of these things that are brain dysfunctions, right? And so when we get them to start drinking water, drinking water, and you know, sometimes when they're in their Alzheimer's, they're holding their shoes, where's my shoes, where's my shoes, and they're in their hands, right? And, and, and they're saying, I want my coffee, I want my coffee. And, and I, I have to tell them, you know, <laughs> they don't make that anymore. It's all gone. They don't make it. And they're, what? That's all I've ever had. I'm like, well, now you got to have water because they make water now, but they don't make that anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I warm it like a hot tea. They, they don't know the difference. They don't they know don't the know, difference, yeah. yeah. But we have to get them hydrated. And pretty soon here they start coming in. By about the fourth day, fifth day, when we're getting into the brain area of the, of the colon that feeds the brain, they, they start going like, I've been here before, haven't I? Yes, you have. And, and and they start telling me stories like one lady, Rosemary, who her and her husband started the, the first airport this side of the Mississippi in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. And she used to fly airplanes with Amelia Earhart and call her a sissy because she always wore a dress, but she was a hell of a mechanic. <laughs> and all these beautiful stories that nobody would have ever known, right? It would have been lost. And she's amazing and passed away with full brain function and blew all of her doctors away because we hydrated her brain. And Lucille, and and can and you know there's just so many of them that you know going going and let's let's water 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 so it's important to understand that the brain if you hold your brain in your hands it weighs three pounds and if you dehydrate it weighs only eight ounces and it's not oil in the brain either it's water it's 93% water as well as our eyeballs are 96% water and so the earth you know pretty much and you know the science says a little bit a little bit bit yep. this and a little bit that but you know pretty much 80% water 20% mass is the earth and you know when we're in utero we draw from the elements of the earth and we put these bodies together we are the creators the body is the first active creation on this planet be really proud of yourself for being such a masterful producer as God gives you the template so that you can put yourself together from the elements of the earth and you have to water it because the, the earth itself is pretty close to 80% water, 20% mass, just like your body. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you take a, a, a drop of blood and you put it on a slide and you look at it, you see millions of cells in one drop of blood. And then you look around it and there's more space than, than there is drops of blood in one drop of blood, right? There, there, there's more. There, and what is that? Water. And so we're, we're so much water that moves and, 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 you know, the water connects and helps the neural pathways and the electromagnetic uh, currents go from neuron to neuron for, for communication in the body, for the cells to communicate. And without that, they dry up and dehydrate and then they will take you out. But the brain, if you ever, if you ever want to avoid senility, dementia, and Alzheimer's, never, ever, ever let your brain get dehydrated. And I like to really let people know that if you put Put lemon in water. It's not water anymore. It's not even spelled the same. You can't put tea in water and call it water. Coffee is not water. Juice is not water. None of these things are water. And your tongue is so smart. You can't trick anything past it. And there's reasons for that for health of the body. So the tongue registers bitter, sour, astringent, salty, pungent, sweet, and fat on your tongue. So, it, so it's an information station that tells the whole body, 
here you go spleen, here you go liver, here you go pancreas, here you go brain, all this is for you. But water is neutral, so the body will use it for what it needs without having to translate the information. And it's really important, too, to understand that it's not always important that you have only alkaline water. It's very important that people don't do distilled water unless they use it for a temporary therapy for two weeks if they have joint pain. Because then the, the distilled water, which is demineralized water, good for your irons but not so good for your body, will, will uh, for a temporary thing, I just say don't do it longer than two weeks, but sometimes excess minerals will deposit in the joints and can cause pain. And and so if people do distilled water, the distilled water will pull those minerals out of the out of the out of the joints in order to process, and then sometimes it can relieve joint pain. But if it doesn't work in two weeks, that's not the problem. And so stop doing distilled water. I've had people come in with do, with home distillers drinking home distilled water, thinking that that was healthy for them because somebody mm-hmm. told them, and their muscles are falling off of their bones, and it's so excruciatingly painful you don't even believe it. But it all heals once we hydrate the body again. But, you know, it's best to drink just, you know, filtered water. If you want to do alkaline water once in a while, do filtered water that's just spring water. You're not a fan of electrolyte water. Fine. Fine, as long as it doesn't have flavors in it and salt in it because then the, the okay, tongue what, will pick what if up you salt. Do, what if you do a lot of water and then you do the lemon water? Then that's you, you fine. Get, you get your, then that's fine. You know, the gallon or so. Yeah, or whatever yeah your, then that's fine. You can do are. your juice and your other things, but you just want to monitor that you're mostly drinking water. And then you have you can have lemon water. Do you, you enjoy the taste of water or are you just as I a love water. I'm addicted. I tell Room people, temperature water. Yeah, absolutely. You put ice in it, you can't drink water fast enough. Mm-hmm. You can't get it dehydrated enough. My grandmother, 104, you know, she was just in a rehab center because she broke her femur on her bone, on her under her um, hip. But she didn't break her hip; she just broke the bone. And you know, six, seven weeks, and she's home now and doing great. But it was very interesting to watch how people would come in with ice with water because they, she doesn't want juice and she doesn't want tea and she doesn't want coffee. She wants water, and they bring her ice. And she said, "How do you expect to get enough water to heal the body with all this ice? I don't want ice." And then by the second day, they were coming in and go, "Oh." Not, no ice in this room. And she says, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she pounded water the whole time. And she's she's well at 104 and home already, right? So, yeah. But water is a key to health. And, and I tell people, if you if you can see your urine, you're dehydrated. The, 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 Meaning if it's not clear. Yeah, it has to be pretty clear in, so that you know that you're flushing plenty of uric acid and creatine levels are more regulated and your, your hormones can regulate better when you have water in your body and not toxic not toxins because they have to be able to flush through and if you're not drinking enough water you're not having a vehicle to move Do that out. Do you consider because it's interesting for, for me um, for me with my nutrition counseling and personally with the you know nutrition trying to be age defined peak perform have disease defense and the more I go down the nutrition rabbit hole, the more I wind up paying attention to water. Because I used to just think water was just, okay, just make sure you're peeing clear and you're peeing vigorous and you're fine. Um, but it it may be a little more, like, again, because then the question is, like we would say, people, most people, if they say they're drinking a gallon or a gallon and a half or, or some of the athletes, two gallons. But a lot of that's not actually water, right? It's mm-hmm. just total fluid intake. But what's interesting is, you know, if you had to say... 
somebody who's well hydrated or somebody who's on a, a good diet, which would you pick? Hydration. Hydration trumping diet. Oh, yeah. I mean, even though hydration is a category of, of, of nutrition. Yeah, it's 80% more important than 20%. Because food. at the end of the day, even if you were eating junk, it would flush and filter. It's designed to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. And, and dehydration kills people. It literally kills people. Do you know when people are in kidney dialysis, they tell them to drink one cup of water all day long? <laughs> and, it's, and then they get lesions and, you know, the body can't handle it. You have an interesting take on coffee as well. You were telling me yesterday about coffee on an empty stomach. Tell our listeners about your, your views on coffee on an empty stomach. Okay, so... Coffee has tannic acid in it, and tannic acid is what we use to tan leather, right? And when we do tannic acid on an empty stomach, the tannic acid mixes with the hydrochloric acid in the stomach, and the two acids then harden the stomach lining and prevent the body from properly breaking down proteins. Uh-oh, right? Because we're protein-producing machines. And where does our protein breakdown in our body? Is our stomach via hydrochloric acid. And so if we're hardening our stomach lining and then it can't break down the proteins, then we're going to be protein deficient. And so when people come in to do our cleanse program from all over the world, right, and they'll, and they'll have very thin skin and it bumps and bruises and bleeds easily, um, or their circulation's got a lot of problems going on and their blood vessels are rising out of the body, that's, a lot, that's a, another symptom of dehydration. And so, uh, and, I mean, not of dehydration, of caffeine intake, when they didn't know for years and years and years that this was hardening their stomach lining and preventing protein absorption. So they're losing skin, they're losing muscle mass, they're losing youth, they're use, losing blood vessel strength because that's almost a pure chain protein. And so, of course, it's going to cause harm in the body. And the other thing is, is tannic acid also kills your bowel flora. And you have a large intestine that's five to six feet long, specifically designed for bacterial breakdown to get the, the particles smaller, 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 to get through the bowel wall to feed your organs. And so I tell people, if you're going to do caffeine, you must under, do it with wisdom. And by the way, I have this a free download on my website. So mm -hmm. if anybody needs it on a paper, it's easy to do. So what you want to do is always do protein on your belly first, okay? So you can do a bite of nut butter, a spoonful of nut butter, or an egg, or some beans and before, rice in the morning. Before your coffee. Before the coffee. And then, and then the protein in your stomach stops the hydrochloric acid and tannic acid from, from mixing and hardening in your stomach and hardening your stomach lining. But thank God we get a brand new stomach lining every five to seven days. And so, you know, hopefully people can start changing that. But, the, you know, as, as years go by and I educate people about this, and even if they never come and do the cleanse and they're still doing a spoonful of nut butter in the morning, they call me up and they say, thank you, my stomach stopped hurting, my adrenals stopped doing a rush, I'm feeling so much better and I want to tell you thank you. Are you a coffee drinker, by the way? I love coffee, but I'm careful with it and I do it with wisdom. And, and I and don't do it every day. Right, so, you, so what would you say your frequency is? Uh, well... I've been. I had two mochas in the last four days, probably. What sparked that? I just want something warm and here, and <laughs> and it's in the hotel. Mm -hmm. And I was getting up at, and I was thinking it's, I was three o'clock in the morning, and it was six thirty. You know, so a little co coffee, coffee sometimes is, can help. is a dehydrant in your view. It it can be, but of course, if you're drinking water, then it you know it's not. 
Yeah. Um, you talk a lot about, well, first, let's jump to one, the iridology, right? Uh-huh. So you and even my friend Ken Murray, uh, iridology keeps popping up. And for those who don't know, tell people what, what is iridology and what is it about it that you think is, is important or useful to people? Iridology is an ancient, ancient practice of looking at the irises and and being able to see really what's going on in the body. You can see where the colon is. You can see where the absorption is missed in different areas where the organs are. And and the whole iris is a map of the body. And, um, you know, it used to be very popular with doctors way back in the, you know, know, in the beginning of doctorhood. And um, the doctors would immediately look in people's eyes and know what was going on. And then when the pharmaceutical companies came along and, um, and started having some medicines coming along, then the doctors started noticing these, these dark spots or what they call now drug deposits in the irises because the organs were containing some of those. And so what happened was because the doctors started inquiring like, hey, we, we shouldn't be doing that because look what it's doing to these healthy these healthy organs, then it got pulled out of the iridology, out of the medical schools, you know, a long, long time ago. It's starting to really come back now. It's so beautiful how it's coming back. Um, but, uh, but what do you I, think is fueling that comeback? Um, I think that the doctors are really wanting to learn more holistic practices. Doctors being more open-minded, yes. realizing that the system is vastly, yes. vastly broken. I mean, it's almost an indefensible system at this point. I mean, you can't... The only people that could remotely defend the system are those who are profiting off it or those who have good conscience, but they're like, look, I would lose my license. I would lose my livelihood. I I always think, like, there's a lot of stuff out there, even, you know, even things like chemo. I personally believe that that a lot, a lot, a lot of the doctors have serious reservations Mm -hmm. about chemo. Mm -hmm. But if you don't recommend it, you're done. You're, you're, looking well, at law, you're looking at lawsuits. I mean, you, you can't, if, if, if the patient, you know, fits blank, 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 you have to mention chemo as the go-to option. You know, just you lose Well, your here, here's what I think is another problem with that is, is they don't really know of another option. They don't really know that there's another way. You know, um, I've had many doctors come through our program, and I love and cherish all of them. And and what I discovered was they really only have one half hour of nutritional education in eight years of med school. And they have to be up all night, and they have to be on call, and, and, and their digestive system gets hammered. And, you know, as a medical practitioner, they have the lowest lifespan of every, med, of every um, professional that there is. It used to be 47 or 48 years old. It's getting better. But, but it was still very low, you know, and 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 they're they're under a lot of stress. They're they're supposed to be able to know everything in, a, in this, and instead of you know they they went into the medical schools to be healers, and that's the original intent. And so I believe that you know most of them really want to make a big difference in their lot in their in their lives of their patients. And you know, like one doctor, I had a little lady Janice that went back from did the cleanse, got over seventeen years of chronic pain on her left side from her temple all the way to her foot on the on the first day that was a miracle and then she goes home to to florida and had her doctor check her out 
and her doctor got up and danced because her cholesterol had dropped 87 points in the 10 days. And I said, you know, you keep that doctor because she cares about you. And they're, they're, they're so wonderful when they're really on a team with you. One of the things that literally drives me crazy about doctors is that, is that you know, they might look at you and, and then they're all of a sudden telling you what's wrong with you without any test. Oh, it could be that you have a thyroid condition, da da da, da. And that happened to me with my little boy when he was, he's a grown man now, but when he was, when he was an infant, he cried a lot. He was sick a lot. He threw up a lot. And I took him into a doctor and the, one doctor looked at him and said, you know, it looks like he has a thyroid condition. He probably won't last longer than two weeks. And we're young parents and we were like just devastated by it. We cried and we cried and we're like our poor little boy and we, you know, and then two weeks later we go back in for the test results and he said, whoops, I was wrong. And I was livid. I was so mad. That's one of those moments, boy, I was like, you should get another job. Do you know how much you hurt us? And I thought you were a, I thought you were a doctor and supposed to be a healer. Why would you do that to anybody without test results and expect any kind of good to come out of it? You need to go get another job. This is not where you should be. Uh, and, you know, anyway. But so, again, that was another thing that set me out if they don't know. If it, you know, and they're telling this, but I tell people, if you go to a doctor and he tells you, or she tells you that she thinks she knows, you tell her, I don't want to know what you think you know. I want to know when the test results come back and then we'll talk about it then. But you don't want to have somebody say, oh, I think it's cancer. Looks like cancer. And then it comes back and it's not because the brain is so powerful where we work quantum physics in our brains. And so a doctor can give a, 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 a is put in a place, a position of power, right? And knowledge. And, and, and they can give you a seed of something. And in two weeks before the test results come back, you could, re, you could create that. And so we must, we must have the physicians that go, you know, let's be a team. We're, let's team your health and well, let's team ourselves and let's get on the same page. And so we're going to take the, we're going to run the test. We're going to do the diagnostic and we're going to talk about it. What's the best plan for your greatest health? And we're going to do this together. But I don't know really it's what interesting. it is. It's interesting. You're very into that. We're going to get back to iridology in a second, but you're very into holistic and functional medicine, etc., a what what some people would call alternative medicine, alternative healing. And yet you were mentioning your grandmother, 104 years old, broke her femur, you know, in hip, and she was in the hospital in a lot of pain, tough woman, didn't want any meds, mm-hmm. but you urged her to, you your your take was again interesting because again, it there's a lesson even for me with you know I've, I haven't done pot since I was 13 or whatever I support legalization but then I had a lot of leg pain um, uh, you know months back that I couldn't sleep mm-hmm. and I did not use the, the the cannabis but I used the hemp CBD mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it really opened my eyes to say Frank you're tough and you can take a lot of pain but some people might actually need some whatever whether right. it's cannabis whatever Right. There really is a need for right. people because people are in a lot. Of, some people are in a lot of pain. So much pain, and they got to have something. And you yeah. were in that situation with your grandmother. Yeah, I, I just kind of convinced her that it'd be best if she took a, even a half or a quarter of an oxycotton until for the first few days after she got out of the hospital because after the titanium pin was put in because it was black and blue and just so painful and she was having trouble breathing and it, you know, and, and I'm like, you got, you, you know, this is why 
we co-created to have these things, but they must be used in moderation and, and in times of great need. And, the, and you're in great need here. And so she said, okay, but you know, I know that I've watched it when people take these things, they die. They don't get out of these places. And I said, Grandma, you're, you got a, you got advocates here. That's not going to happen with you. So let's get you out of pain so you can get up. Mm -hmm. And so she did, and and within four days she didn't take it anymore, and she was she was up and moving, and the and and she's home now, you know, but uh, but you know. But that that is an enlightened view because a lot of people, you know, could be absolutists. A lot of people in the functional medicine space where it could be absolutists, but it's it's interesting. So you say mm -hmm. you know you never say never. It's kind of like me. I went I went to Finland. And I don't, I, I swear off a lot of the dairy. I mean, in America, I just don't, I think dairy is just, I mean, it's not something that I would, I'm not a big fan, uh -huh. right? And so when I went to Finland, where they consume the most dairy per capita, and they got cheese and yogurt and milk everywhere, and I'm like, I owe it to myself as a nutrition artist to indulge in the dairy, and it's different dairy. And so, and ghee butter is different dairy, right. and so... Dairy's not dairy, and apple's not an apple, and it's like, which dairy, which cow, which milk, A2 milk, A1 milk, which pasteurized, unpasteurized, which soil, and, and you know, it's just, it's so fascinating on that level, so, but someone like you is very open-minded, like, well, the, you know, I believe God helped create it too, you know, so, you know, look at this, if she would have, because she broke that bone, would she want to go to a natural healer? No, she wants to go to the emergency room and go to the best of the best to get that to get that bone fixed, mm -hmm. or she would die, right? How are you going to live without a without a femur, <laughs> right? So you don't go to the healing center down the street to get to, when you break a bone. You want yeah. to get your butt to the doctor and, and who who are trained to you know traumas. Boo 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 boo. Let's get this fixed and and then they send her off to the rehab center. So then the then the you know the the you know, the physical therapist can come in and say, let's get you up, let's move your muscles, let's do it. So she doesn't hurt herself and she can get well. And they love her. Oh my gosh, they, they, she's one of their top patients in their whole life, you know. And, um, but you know, again, she, she needed to be where she was instead of like coming, you know, that's not something that Angel Farms would have. I'm not going to take, take somebody that is, is uh, you know, has a broken femur and needs to be at the hospital, <laughs> you know. Going back to iridology, you're going to be going to a big conference, and mm -hmm. you had mentioned a gentleman who you consider the preeminent uh, iridologist, and, and is it iridologist? I, iridology, it's eye, yeah. not ear, so it's iridology. And David Pesic, what, David Pesic, uh -huh. and you, you mentioned him, but but so go back into, you know, to reading the iris because it's fascinating. I mean, the eyes are the window of the soul, and we yeah, most absolutely. of us think. Most of us think of the eyes in terms of is someone being truthful, is somebody a good person, and we and there's so much. I mean, I I worked in newspapers and I covered homicides and courts, and when you cover that, you see all these mug shots, and mm -hmm. so you see so and so is accused of murdering a family of three or whatever, and you'd see the mug shot, almost always, almost this is this is a startling, almost always. Every person that's accused of homicide, and they show you the mugshot, the eyes are asymmetrical, like severely asymmetrical. Yeah. All of us have a different right and the left side, right? But they are severely asymmetrical, and they are usually dark eyes. I mean, they're, they're almost always like, there's a killer in the eyes. Whether or not they did this one is, 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 to, be, is to be determined. 
but but remarkable how how often it's like you can just look at the mugshot like is that person yeah. oh yeah that person yeah. like you rarely ever see a mugshot where you're like that just doesn't look like someone that can, would kill someone it's very rare it's usually like right. oh yeah he oh, looks yeah. like he's, he's capable scary. of that yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but that's but, not really so much in the iridology. That's more in the I way that they hold themselves. I understand. I understand. But I'm saying m most you of know. us, when we think of the eye, you know, the eyes of the window soul, we think of it in that vein. And you're 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 talking about. I want to make sure you mentioned that that's a, a map, mm -hmm. uh, but to the organs, etc. But there are literally you could break down. You could be, like literally draw. There are different regions of the eye, and this region course, this part of the eye corresponds to the kidney. This part yeah. of the eye corresponds to the liver. This part corresponds to the heart, etc. Right. And then, when you, you see certain color schemes or certain as asymmetries or uh, you know spaces, gaps, etc. Yes, and you're able to 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 infer that okay, that means that there is damage. Um, you know, kind of like an acupuncturist can say based on what's going on in this region, looking downstream. This is probably going on. So, but mm -hmm. but it, it is very um, it is very fascinating. And again, is it? It's a legit branch of medicine, right? I it's mean, a true science. Yeah, these are these science. are legit doc. I mean, these are like the, at the conference you go to. There are a lot of legit. Oh yeah, yeah, they're amazing. The hand and hand hand doctors, the best in 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 Guatemala was there last last one and. Uh, ear, nose, and throat doctors, and but they're all wanting to know a new, another way of diagnostics, and and you can't miss it with eyes. I look at eyes every day when people are coming to the clinic, so I can know. Oh, they're gonna we're gonna look at some things tomorrow in the heart area. We're gonna look at some something in the brain area we need to look at, or something in the in the in the spleen or the pancreas. So then we, I can work with them on the other emotions and the and the thoughts and the feelings they need to look at, and transform them so that those organs get what they need. But the but the iridology is very is very amazing. It it works like it works like a clock. And so the top is twelve o'clock, then it goes like a clock, twelve o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock. And so that's how you read the eyes. So like between the 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 twelve o'clock is always the head part. So uh, the 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 left eye the left iris considers most of the left side of the body and so you can even see the colon in the digestive system because the iris is the because the colon is the core to everything the, the nutrition has to be broke down to small small enough particles to get through the bowel wall to feed the organs and if there's stuff in the way it isn't going to work and the organs go into starvation and so you can see those things happening via you can see the whole colon in the iris and where the organs then are are are, are come off like as a bud because that's what happens in utero when when we're putting these bodies together that the first thing that we create is the is the digestive tract from the mouth to the rectum and then and it's done in the umbilical cord actually and then it slides into place and then these little buds come off and create the the heart and the lungs and the liver and the spleen and and forever these 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 portals are nourished via the nutrition that we as divine alchemists take a carrot and a and a an almond and an avocado and turn it into flesh and and the ability to love and and thoughts and it's amazing we are all divine alchemists it's amazing what we do <laughs> and how the body transforms it so the iris is pretty amazing because then then uh, the the brain is at the top and it actually between the left eye and the right eye splits the colon in the middle 
and then it goes over to the right eye is the right side so we can see on the left side we can see you know the um, the right the left kidney the spleen the pancreas the heart and the lung and the heart sits in the middle of the lung there uh, up into the um, the, the brain and then so we'll go across the brain so we can see where there's congestion in the brain because in the colon that's not getting nutrition to the brain or the senses so they start to degenerate instead of regenerate and that's why we get to see people at Angel Farms where even their eyesight improves or their sense of taste and sense of smell and sense of hearing all buffs up because because it gets clear and gets nutrition to it right mm -hmm. and the brain gets more clear too so people feel like wow I, I can think clearly and I'm sleeping great and you know all of these things because the brain needs to have what it needs too to be fully functional and of course we tell them drink your water drink your water drink your water and we hydrate the brain as well and then about a fifth day of the cleanse then we're moving into the right side so now we're getting into the other side so then we get into the liver which is a big massive uh, organ on the right side biggest internal organ and then we get into the you know take the tenth day we're into the right kidney and the right hip and number one hip replacement is the right hip and so and we can see all those what's called lacunas where there's gaps in the tissue of the iris where there's toxins that are in the from the colon that can't get to the organ and the organ does this and starts showing this this split in the tissue in the iris and so depending where it is is where the body's having weakness now you mentioned with these colon cleanses I know people that have had them and you know different opinions but again all colon cleanses are not created equal and I've uh -huh. talked to people exactly. where they went for a colon cleanse and they just had some run-of-the-mill worker who for whom it was just a job it was not a passion they were not passionate about it they were just working for a, a chain or a company and you know, I've had friends who felt like they were treated like cattle, kind of like, hey, you know, just take a number, go there, okay, do this, and and said, hey, you know, the, it was uncomfortable. What, in your mind, there is a hierarchy there. What, because again, somebody, a lot of people who go for a colon cleanse or just like they go to a chiropractor be like, it's risky, right? A chiropractor is a coin toss. Is that chiropractor going to jack you up more or is it, you know, do they really know what they're doing? And same thing with this, with these colon cleanses. In your mind, what should people look for if they get them done? Because the opinions are all over the board, but maybe, you know, do most of the colon cleansers out there know what they're what they're doing? I guess. And how do you know what's the hallmark of a good colon cleanse, or what should people look for? You know, I think you hit it right on the head when you said, "How do they look? Do they look healthy? Are they living?" You know, I was at an iridology talking to David Pesic one day. Uh, many years ago, I was at uh, I mean a uh, IAC convention, an uh, International Association of Colon Hydrotherapists. So I was there as one because uh, I'm a member, and anyway, mm -hmm. blah blah blah. And I happened to be talking to David, and he was taking a picture of this this Big Island eye that I had found out a piece of a coral on his iridology camera, and he takes it all over the world. It's really fun. We call it the Big Island eye. And um, and I'm talking to him about a little girl that I had been doing a cleanse with that had had really bad kidney problems, and she was not you know went into bed and just really struggling with her kidneys and her bladder and so her mom brought her to me and I and I, as I was working with her you know I, I because she had a very big what's called a lacuna on her right kid I mean on her yeah on her right kidney and so um and you and, could tell that through the iris yeah yeah so and and so when she's doing her cleanse I said you could just see that with the naked eye not oh, yeah. not through any special oh yeah I don't even use those anymore I've been doing it so long I don't need that anymore but yeah. so but I was looking she had it she had a huge huge mass in her in her kidney area in her iris so I said to her when and her mom's in the room with me you know and and uh 
And I said, I said, sweetheart, why are you so hard on yourself? What, why, what, why, why do you not really think that you're good, or why are you hard on yourself? And she said, because I hurt people. She's seven, right? And 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 her mom starts to say something, and I reach up behind her, the little girl's head, and I did this with my hand, and shut up, don't don't say a word. I'm going to have to kick her out because here we're going to get into this, right? And I said, sweetheart, how do you hurt people? And she said, I remember when I was born, I heard my mom screaming. And I said, oh, well, mom, what's the truth? And, and, and her mom just, you know, gushing like, honey, you didn't hurt me. That's just part of the birth. And but you, I love you so much, and we're so thankful for you. And, and, and immediately when all this is happening, we hear a pop, 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 and out of her colon pops this thing, this mass of stuff, and immediately that lacuna closed right in her eye like this. And that was one of the first ones that I've ever seen that healed so fast right in front of me. I was like, wow, then it was tight again. And so, and, and the little girl never had any problems after that. In, that night was the end of it. She didn't have to come back. She was perfect, happy, healthy little girl and, and growing up perfect. And so I was telling this to David. I said, you know, I was this little girl and I watched this happen right in front mm -hmm. of me and we were all excited about it. And then, and we, and we were in our story, right? And taking pictures and stuff. And all of a sudden David looked up, he was in a booth and I was behind, I was in the, you know, at the table. And, and he said, can I help you? And there was a, there was about 15 colon hydrotherapists standing behind us, listening to us talking. And, and uh, one of the ladies said, what are you doing? How come, how come we don't have results like that? I, I've never seen anything like that. And I, and I said, you guys really want to know what's going on? How, how come I have miracles and miracles and miracles and why you don't? And yeah, we want to know. And I said, how many of you are living your own program? How many of you are doing what you're telling people to do? Raise your hand. Be brave. Everybody be brave. Raise your hand if you're living your program. And not one of them did. And so that's why. If you're not living your program, how you have an integrity in your teaching. Yeah, I was saying that before we started to record that when it comes to, I mean, I, and I don't mean to offend some people out there, but I, I do spend more and more time in the health and wellness and the happiness space. And, you know, you see all of the thought leaders and influencers and it amazes me how many of them and just, again, just my own perception. And I've been doing this a long time. I've sat down with a lot of people, interviewed them and et cetera. And uh, it just blows me away that people like they're leaders of health and wellness and happiness and mindfulness. And it's just not in their aura. It's not in their presence. And it's like and people are like hanging on their every word. Like the yeah. person, if you're looking for a leader, if you're looking for guidance on something, that person should really embody it. It shouldn't just be what's coming out of their, what's right. their title, what's their degree, where'd they go. It should be what is the aura what is the light what's their posture are they living are they a living embodiment of it mm -hmm. and if not then i would say you know just just choose wisely but you mentioned something i, I wonder with the colon cleanses if i went in there and i got my colon cleanse at, at angel farms do you encourage me to see the mess, the shit, literal, pardon my French, but the shit that comes out, are people encouraged to see what came out of them 
And if so, why are they encouraged to see the bile, the parasites, the whatever that, that just came out of them, the shit that just came out of them? You know, um, the big reason for that, and at Angel Farms, everybody looks every day and not through a goofy little glass tube like you're supposed to know what that is. Okay, um, and I want to talk a minute about uh, colonics versus an open, a, a closed system versus an open system. So mm -hmm. real quick, let's let's yeah. uh, because we have, uh, six minutes on this one, then we're going to flip over to another to the next second half of this podcast. But yeah, okay. So colonics is a closed system, and that means that the tip is quite large. You don't get to put it in yourself. Somebody has to be in with you the whole time. You're kind of on a on a table where you that sounds where scary. You can't pee. The tip is quite large. And like, yeah. People are like, oh, and you can't pee. You can't release your bladder, which yeah. is a big deal. There's lots of issues in the so bladders and the fear, kidneys. Fear state, Tight, constricting. Uh, and when you say it's un, when you heard somebody say it's uncomfortable, that's true. Yeah. Okay, and you still have to release on other people's will and not your own. And you know what I found over working with thousands and thousands of people worldwide, is is that is that most of our issues are from other people's will imposed upon us and not our own. And how in the world is our body really going to so let go? You mentioned your your environment is not clinical. That is why. Yeah. You yeah, it's home, it's family. Yeah. You're coming yeah. home to remember who you are, not some clinic that says, you know, we're going to be in charge and you don't get to be, you don't be, the, you're not going to be encouraged to be the, the, the gift of your own life and your own creation and using you your you experiences that might have been traumatic right. to transform your lives because they weren't really traumatic once you let them go. They were part of your gift and part of who you are. But if you but you if you're gonna be looking to a to a, a way to do a cleanse, you want to have somebody, of course, who lives it, and you want to have some, have an open gravity system where the tip is very small. You get to put it in, not somebody else. You get to cover yourself up with a blanket, and, and and you know and let and and you get a flow. It just it just goes in and out like a wave, and you can pee. You you don't you don't have to have anybody in the room with you, so it's safe. You know that's a different kind of a system that I truly you know say that it's the best system is to be able to be able to release at your own pace and not somebody else's yeah and then it's very important in my opinion that there's implant back flora back into the colon and so if they're not doing that i think mm -hmm. that you either should because otherwise you, you can, you're just you're yeah, severely the, disrupting your 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 gut bacteria right which is your large intestine is all uh, about gut bacteria uh, you have a five to six feet large in large intestine specifically designed for bacterial breakdown and so is it, are you of the mind that that gut bacteria being returned that flora being returned should that be through a machine or should that be through an external like a pill etc. no because that still has to go through the whole digestive system it has to go right back into the colon so there there's a way to implant or i uh, call it at angel farms dessert but implant that flora right back in the colon so you never awesome. throw the body into a healing crisis which means you're out of balance and haven't we been out of balance already why do we want to why do we want to get out of balance when we're healing that's isn't that ridiculous you know we need to we need to be able to do this with wisdom. Three minutes or less on this one. We're getting ready to go to part two podcast. So we're, we're in life jitsu or life. We're getting ready to go to part two in a second. But why is it valuable for me to see what was in my colon? What's the value? Is that is that 
Is that therapeutic on some level? It's the most important thing. It's part of even in the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's a release. It's it's, it's released. Yeah, it makes sense. It's like, oh, well, that I get that why my heart wasn't getting nutrition or my lung wasn't getting nutrition or why my brain was starving or why my ears were were going down and my eyes were going down and my sense of taste wasn't sharp and my smell wasn't sharp. And so I was missing life. I I get it why my my liver was struggling because it wasn't getting nutrition to it through the bowel wall because there was all this junk in the way or there was worms eating it up and you know I've had 6,800 people worldwide do the program and I've never seen anybody without worms yet Mm. so they're in there and because we have no nerve endings in our digestive system after it leaves our mouth until it's ready to come out the rectum that that we have any control over we don't know the messes we're in until we can see it for ourselves how much weight and I was asking you this the other day how much weight do people lose after these colon cleanses and how much of it stays off a month later two months later or forever (laughs) Uh, people lose an average of 7 to 14 pounds through our program unless they're very thin and then they gain weight and it's all about balance I've had one guy that lost 40 pounds in the 10 days and I've had several that lost 30 pounds in the 10 days but mostly they lose an average of 7 to 14 pounds and and again here it is quantum physics you, the cleanses the angel, especially angel farms program is you can never go back and get this have the same experiences and the same foods and then the same trauma that caused the fight-or-flight response for the body to hold on to that stuff ever again in your life so you quantumly physically can never be the same again that's what's so beautiful about angel farms is that you're always different but the key is is that we have to get the consciousness caught up also to an empty temple so that we're zen inside as well